0: The W B E N All Local. All Local. A daily
1: look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world.
2: I'm Susan Rose. I'm
1: Brian Masarowski.
2: Let's start at the National Weather Service offices this morning. Meteorologist Heather Kenyon is joining us right now. It looks like it's a pretty different week around here, Kevin. Heather.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, much cooler this week. Uh, we're going to average high temperatures in the 40s pretty much through the whole week through Thursday, and then even low temperatures in the upper 20s to low 30s.
1: I I mean, that is a big turnaround. The rain is here, too. I forgot driving in just how, I guess, dry we've been over the past month or so because it's like the first time I've had to, you know, use the wipers in a while.
0: Yeah, um, well, we're going to get out of this rainy pattern Uh, by this afternoon. However, uh, we're going to get into a pattern that, supports more lake effect, rain, and snow showers uh, for the remainder of the week. So even though right now it's a widespread, pretty steady rain uh, through the morning commute, it's going to dry out, but then we'll get into more of a showery pattern.
2: All right, when you mentioned uh, lake effect, rain, and snow showers, who's going to see snow?
0: Yeah, so for the snow showers, they're likely going to be at night uh, when temperatures get below freezing, and mainly for the higher terrain uh, south of Buffalo. Um, Those will start uh, tonight. And then, um, again, uh, Tuesday evening and the overnight period into Wednesday morning.
1: You know, people are uh, looking outside and saying, oh, man, if only this could have held off for just a little bit longer. Halloween (laughs) tomorrow, where a lot of people are looking to be outside. What are we looking at tomorrow evening?
0: Yep. So we'll still have uh, rain showers around. um, And then some of those rain showers are going to turn into snow showers. But, again, uh, mainly for the area south of Buffalo, uh, so we we could even see a light accumulation, maybe up to an inch. But those areas mostly in the Boston Hills, maybe into ski country, and then into uh, the Chautauqua area.
2: Okay, so we've really made a big change here. Is there any turn back to warm temperatures that you see at all?
0: We will get uh, closer to normal uh, this coming weekend. Uh, normal is mid-50s, uh, so we do get into a more dry and, and slightly warmer, but it uh, doesn't look like anything we saw uh, last week is going to come up.
1: Right. Well, Heather, thanks so much. Heather Kenyon joining us from the National Weather Service with a little bit of an outlook. What to expect over the next several days.
2: The candidates for Erie County Executive appeared on WBEN's Hardline this weekend
0: with Joe Beamer. The thing about the ChrissyTweets.com that people need to understand is those were her own words. This was her own Twitter account it's not like they created things i mean she's not denied that these were her tweets so what she th- deleted the account thinking they weren't to be seen but this is a teachable moment for anyone out there
2: my tweets did not cause 47 deaths my tweets didn't cause businesses to shut down during covid and didn't have that excessive you know overpowering emergency powers and and ruling this like it, it was you know a dictatorship Uh, My tweets didn't cause a bad breakup that led to a domestic violence report. Both incumbent Mark Poloncars and Republican challenger Chrissy Casilio each spent an hour in studio with Joe Beamer. Full audio from both candidates' appearances are available at WBEN.com.
1: Overseas, Israeli tanks and troops storming positions in Gaza. Israel calling this the second phase in its war against Hamas. Its ground forces pushing deeper into the Gaza Strip. The IDF releasing videos, they say, shows what they call an expansion of ground activities inside Gaza. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, meanwhile, telling the Israeli people this will be a long and difficult war. On Friday, internet and communications in the Gaza Strip were knocked out. Numerous aid agencies unable to contact their teams, people unable to contact their families. According to a local provider, those services are now gradually being restored. ABC News, Jerusalem.
2: Buffalo police arrested five people in connection to a stolen Kia out of Amherst. The stolen vehicle found on Roosevelt Avenue by a state police helicopter on Friday, where four teens aged 13 to 17 ran from the scene. Officers were able to track them all down, The three oldest teens are facing charges for criminal possession of stolen property.
1: Hyundai and Kia still trying to get a fix out to owners of their vehicles in an effort to slow down the rampant theft. WBEN's Tom Puckett has more on the latest effort.
2: Hyundai is setting up a mobile clinic in Rochester and four other U.S. cities to provide anti-theft software upgrades for vehicles targeted by thieves. The car coach, Lauren Fix, says Hyundai is doing the right thing. The
0: right thing to do is what Hyundai is doing, is getting in front of the problem as quick as they can. As soon as they were aware of it, they even spoke with TikTok and having them take that... Down on how to steal
2: these cars. Fix says the company is doing its best to stand behind the problem. Are cars still being stolen? Captain Brian Coons of waga Police.
3: More Kia is being stolen than Hyundai's, but I mean, both both those vehicle makes are still way up there as far as uh, vehicles being stolen.
2: In Amherst, not so much, says Police Lieutenant Jonathan
3: Klein. Over the last few months, we've only actually had two incidents involving Kia and Hyundai's. Um, one of them actually happened to be this morning. Um, other than that, we've seen a tremendous downtick in the frequency of that.
2: Have the thefts affected Kia and Hyundai's sales? Here fixes answer online. Tom Puckett,
3: WBEN.com news.
2: Former Vice President Mike Pence announced he is suspending his 2024 campaign for the White House.
3: I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today.
2: The former Indiana governor said while he's leaving the campaign trail, he will never stop fighting to elect principled Republican leaders to every office in the land.
1: All right. Much more on this still to come later on this morning. We'll be speaking with Stephen Portnoy, among others, on the 2024 race and picture. Well, the Sabres picked up a win at home yesterday. Lead it with a pass out of the wing. Paterka with
3: a shot. Gets it back again. one nothing Buffalo, 9.28 to go in the opening
1: period. 4 nothing. the final score. The Sabres beat the Avalanche. Uka Pekka-Lukkanen getting his first NHL shutout. Paterka, one of the goal scorers you heard right there, spoke about the team after the win. I think we want to play and uh, play our game and win against every team in this league. And uh, having uh, that good of a team coming in here and playing, I think, that good of a whole game. I think our PK was outstanding. Uh, everybody was blocking shots for everyone, so... I think um, just playing the right way against such a good team uh, gives it a lot of confidence. They were very good. Want to see more of that? Uh, Buffalo plays in Philadelphia Wednesday night before welcoming the Flyers into Buffalo. A little home-and-home action. I feel like you don't see too many of those no. anymore. Uh, Buffalo Friday, next home game.
2: And, I mean, the Avalanche, they're a good team, right? Oh,
1: yeah. they. Uh, I think they were... Won their first six games this year. You know, won the Stanley Cup just a couple years ago. So, very good team and a nice win to have for the Sabres. Great.
2: Uh, No Bills yesterday, but plenty of football. Russell
1: in the pocket. Bounces around. Can break, contain. Throws the ball back in the end zone. Touchdown, Denver!
2: Cortland Sutton! The Broncos beat the Chiefs. 24-9, 24-9, to the Bengals, who play the Bills Sunday night, beating San Francisco.
3: Fakes a pass to the right, throws toward the end zone. Chase with an over-the-shoulder yeah. catch. Touchdown, oh, Bengals, baby. and he does a backflip in the back of the
2: end zone. 31-17, the final score there. Cincinnati on top. The Bills sit a game behind the Chiefs, Dolphins, Jaguars, and Ravens. I mean,
1: it's there, you know, for all the Bills' struggles. They're right? only one game behind, you think about it. They already have a win over the Dolphins and play them again. Uh, we play the Chiefs coming up. Uh, we don't play the Ravens on the schedule this year, so that's uh, you know out of our control. Jag's loss, wish you could have that I one know. back in London, but sure. um, you know it's it's right there and a really big one with the uh, Bengals who are a game behind the bills. They're four and three now after their shaky start to the year and a big win over San Francisco. Yesterday it was one of the top teams in the league. So can't wait for this upcoming Sunday night. Your
2: exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, rain this morning, otherwise mostly cloudy, a few more showers this afternoon, temperatures today only in the low to mid 40s. For tonight, partly cloudy and chilly, overnight lows in the low 30s, little rain and snow developing toward tomorrow morning. On Tuesday, partly sunny with some scattered rain and snow showers, temperatures in the low 40s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski.
1: Steve Roberts joining us on the line, political analyst with a look at everything going on in Washington. All right, Steve. A uh, lot to talk about. I do want to start with uh, Mike Pence dropping out of the 2024 race. You know, we were talking about that a little bit earlier, and it kind of uh, came upon me that it's almost startling to see Mike Pence be so self-aware to know that he's not going to win and, and really go for. You hardly ever really see that. People don't drop out of the race until you know they're long gone and don't have a chance.
3: I think that's true. Um, I think also the other factor here was money. Um, He just wasn't able to raise any money. And this is almost always the reason why people drop out early. In fact, he lent his own campaign of uh, of money to keep afloat. So that's the other factor here. And, And at the core of Mike Pence's problem was that he always was sending a mixed message. He tried to take credit, as he did many times, for the successes of the what he called the Trump-Pence administration, particularly on economic issues, and then was also campaigning as an anti-Trump figure, saying that Trump tried to get him to violate the Constitution on January 6th. And look, it's one of the truisms of, of, of politics, is you have to give a consistent message. And at its core, Mike Pence's message was contradictory. He was for Trump and against Trump at the same time, and it just never worked.
2: You know, because of that, he said this weekend, this is not my time, but will it ever be his time simply because of President Trump?
3: No, I I don't think so. And and, and the other factor is that Mike Pence never came across as a particularly inspiring or dynamic leader. He did uh, have a base of support in the evangelical Christian community. He is he's very much part of that community. It's one of the main reasons he was picked by Donald Trump in the first place. Why was he picked as you know a fairly obscure governor of Indiana to run in the first place? It was mainly because he had very strong ties, evangelical Christian community, and that turned out to be, frankly, a brilliant move by Donald Trump, because he was a guy who was married three times, an avowed sexual predator, never went to church, and evangelical Christians are a very important part of the Republican base. They... You look at the exit polling, 26 percent of Americans self-identify as evangelical or born-again Christians, and 80 percent of them, 80 percent of them voted for Donald Trump and, and, and Mike Pence in, seven, in, in 2016. And there was only a slight fall off to 76 percent four years later. So Pence proved to be a very valuable asset to Donald Trump. But Trump, you know, uh, demands total loyalty. Total, complete loyalty, and as loyal as Pence was to Trump, um, you know, the fact that he decided on January 6th to actually listen to the Constitution and defy Trump, that meant in, to Trump and Trump supporters, he was a heretic, and he could never uh, never overcome that.
1: Well, on to uh, something else we've been talking about over the past few weeks, and uh, now it appears to be resolved, and the House has a new speaker, and we'll go forward. Mike Johnson— of louisiana steve we were talking with a republican congressman last week who said mike johnson was the right pick because well not a lot of people know who mike johnson is and he doesn't have a lot of enemies he's not one of these talking heads who is you know going to get people riled up on one side or the other he's someone that kind of allows congress to go about its business right now how are you seeing mike johnson in this role
3: Well, I think you said something critical, which is one of the reasons why he won the speakership and why he has at least the possibility of uh, surviving in the near term is he has very few enemies. Um, And uh, Kevin McCarthy, the former speaker, had a lot of enemies and others who, uh, you know, Jim Jordan, who tried to win the speakership, had a lot of enemies among um, more pragmatic Republicans, including many from New York, who were critical in blocking him. Tom Emmer, who was you know, the speaker designate for four hours. He had a lot of enemies because he had actually voted uh, with McCarthy to keep the government open. Now the question facing uh, Johnson is, does he side with the most conservative base where he's been part of for a long time? Or as speaker, does he take a different view of his responsibilities? Does he, he's made all the right noises by saying, I'm here to govern. And the Republican Party has been split right down the middle uh, between two wings, the the wing that really is against everything and the wing that says, well, we have a responsibility as the majority to govern. And if we're going to govern, we have to make compromises. And that's exactly what Kevin McCarthy did in working with Democrats to pass a, an increase in the debt ceiling earlier this year when the America's economic reputation was in peril. He he worked with Democrats to pass uh, a bill to keep the government open. And that's what did him in, because he deigned, he dared to actually work with the other party. Well, the other party runs the Senate and runs the White House, and Republicans have a m- margin of only four votes in the House. And the only way, the only way anything's ever going to get done in Washington is through bipartisan compromise, period. So what does Johnson do? Does he Redefine himself. Does he say, as speaker, I need to be part of the governing process, the governing majority, which involves compromise, or do I stay with the conservative wing of the party, the hard right conservative wing of the party? And um, uh, and if he does join the governing wing, if he does make the compromise that's ne- necessary to pass aid to Ukraine and, and Israel to keep the government open, does the does the hard right rightists who drove McCarthy out of office rebel against him. And let's remember, Kevin McCarthy was the fourth Republican speaker to be devoured by their own party. You have to go back to Newt Gingrich in the the late 90s who was driven out of office. Then you had John Boehner in 2015, and then you had Paul Ryan four years later. So McCarthy was the fourth speaker to be victim of the Republican Civil War, and it's fascinating to see how Johnson survives that.
2: All right. Well, now he's faced with this: the president wants Israel and Ukraine aid voted on together. Johnson has indicated he wants to move the packages separately. What's the big yeah, deal? And he,
3: well, he's going to. He, he's. They're going to. The House is going to deal with that uh, Israel aid package. I'm sure it was huge bipartisan majorities on Thursday. Um, now the, the question is Ukraine, and um, Johnson has voted against Ukraine aid in the past, but he's also said on Sean Hannity the other day, we can't let Putin win. So um, I think in the end, he will uh, agree to move a Ukraine package. But what we're seeing here in the Republican ranks is much more than just a battle over money. We're really seeing a, a profound difference in the view of America's role in the world. When Joe Biden came back from the Middle East, he made that speech from the Oval Office sketched out a very robust view of America's responsibility. He cast Ukraine and Israel together as fights for freedom against uh, uh, anti-democratic forces, whether they were Hamas or Putin, invading friendly democratic countries. And a number of commentators, including a lot of Republicans, said the president that Joe Biden sounded most like was Ronald Reagan, who talked about a very robust America responsibility around the world. and what you're seeing is that view of, of, of the world, the Reagan view, which is embraced by Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader in the Senate, um, that casts very directly against Donald Trump's view of the world, which is a much more isolationist, much more America first, much more inward-looking view. And he was president. He trashed um, our relationships with NATO and other international allies. Um, and uh, so the fight over, particularly over money for Ukraine, it's not just about the money. It's not just about Ukraine fatigue. It's about a much larger question of what is America's role in the world. The Biden view is much more reagan view. And the Trump view is a much more narrow, limited America, inward looking view.
1: Steve, thank you. Steve Roberts, political analyst with us here on WBEN. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available
3: each weekday morning, produced by the award winning WBEN Newsroom.